Welcome you to the show. We have the great Ira from Staten Island on the phone lines here. Ira, what have you been up to, man? Uh, I was trying to stay safe and healthy, but uh, thank goodness uh been getting out to jet camp, and it feels good to get out there after two <laughs> so you, years. I, you've been going this year. That's good. Yes, that's a good thing. Yeah, that's a good thing. I've been going. I think today was my eighth practice, I think. You know, I got a couple more this week, and then they go to Green Bay for a week, and then uh, hopefully I'm going to be at that Packer game. And then they have some two joint practices the last week of August that are open, and, uh, and then that's it. And camp's real quick. It's amazing. It starts, and you blink your eye, it's over. Oh yes, this we have played the Giants this Saturday. I'm sure we're looking forward to that. Yes, we always look forward to that, and especially you know the big story is Zach Wilson, and um, you know I listened. You know we were both thrilled that they drafted him. We wanted him. Mm-hmm. I, I I've been impressed with a lot of his skill set. It's just right now I think he's struggling because I just think the speed of the game and I guess absorbing everything is a rookie. I just guess there's some hiccups, but he's going to have to work his way through it. And uh, I would have been a lot happier if they had brought in a veteran quarterback to help him along. Um, I know they got Josh Johnson, but, you know, I don't really think he's the answer. But um, we'll see. I'm anxiously waiting to see what he could do against the Giants Saturday night. I am, too. There's something that I don't agree with with the media is that they're giving him a lot of flack already. And where was this flack when Sam Darnold was making all these mistakes his rookie year and in and all these camps? I, I feel as though we need to give Zach Wilson a little more time. I'm talking maybe two to three years like they gave Darnold before we start giving him negative criticism. Well, yeah, that's a great point you bring up. And I think a lot of that has come from, I think a lot of them were on the fence about them trading Sam. And, uh, you know, maybe... I, you know, they're kind of building up ammunition to say that they were right. Um, you know, I respect their opinion, but, you know, we both agreed that it was time to move on from Sam. He needed to change the scenery. Um, now, I, I, I will say this, you know, the, the early week, one or two weeks of camp with Donald, um, he did look ahead of the curve than Wilson looks right now. Mm-hmm. But, I, I just think, you know, once again, I think Donald at his best is going to be a middle of the road to average quarterback. I just think Wilson's ceiling is much, much higher because of a lot of the skill sets that you see. Um, unfortunately, um, you know, you just don't see it right now because I think he's swimming. I agree with that. I, I feel as though that it's time. It was time to move on. We've said that in the past with Zach Wilson. Now, finally coming into camp here, how did you feel about how long it took? to get the deal done with the Jets signing his rookie deal with the first year here now that he's drafted? Um, I, I mean, I wasn't thrilled about it. I, I mean, missing the first two days, basically they were walkthroughs. It's really not a big deal in this much. But, you know, you draft somebody with the second in a draft and then you have three months to get this done. <laughs> um, it, it shouldn't it shouldn't have to that. <laughs> but, uh you know, you know. Listen, thank goodness you only missed two days, and like I said, they were basically walkers, so it's really not that much of a big deal. No, I think they really need to give him a chance. As soon as the green and white game happened, they were giving him all the criticism in the world when he threw two interceptions, and then you have to think about all the things that are going around them as well, not just from what he's doing on the field, but you have to hear about all the backlash from what his mother's doing on social media. That's a great point, and you know, I'm not thrilled about it. Um, I, I don't, I'm not on social media, but I can't avoid not reading the newspaper. So I do, I do see the stories. Um, 
you know, uh, I don't know what's going on lately, but hopefully during the season, you know, hopefully be quiet and let the kid, <laughs> let the kid grow up in New York. It, it, you know, it's hard enough, you know, coming from, I, I guess, uh, Utah and, and coming over here and, you know, it's a big adjustment. Was he 21 or 22 years old and coming to the big lights of New York, the bright lights. But, um, when you have your mother out there putting stuff on social media, you know, it just, come on, mom, let me, let me do my job. Now, since you've been at the, the practices, you, have you had the chance to meet with Zach Wilson? I'm going to assume that you have. No, no, actually oh, wow. you, you can't. No, 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 no. Because of the COVID protocol, okay. the NFL. Yeah, no. Um, you know, I, I, I do have access to certain areas, but um, you know, I'm not allowed in the building, which is understandable. Mm-hmm. And um, they have these different tiers that you know, I mean, there's really no interactions unless you're a family member. You really can't interact with the players. I did get a chance. I was introduced to Salah. I got to speak to him for a couple of minutes, but um, you know, besides that, you really, there's really no interactions with the players. How does he seem? I'm going to assume that he seems way better than Adam Gaze did because I think Salah brings a whole different presence to the team, even though that he is lax. I read that in the newspapers this week. He just takes notes down in the notepad. He's not the type of coach that just yells at these players like judge for the Giants. Well, no, two different approaches. And, you know, I'm not going to say, you know, either one of them can't work. You could be successful both ways. Mm -hmm. It's just it, Salah has a different approach, and listen, I don't know what goes on inside the building. You know, maybe he, you know, reads them the riot act then, but I don't think he does. I, I think he respects them as men and as professionals, and you know, I've seen it on the field. I think he has a certain persona. He carries himself well, and when a player he walks over to a player, um, when he has to teach him, he teaches him, and when he has to pat him on the back because he made a good play, he does that too. So. Uh, you know, all in all, I think he takes everything in, and uh, we're going to find out real soon uh, Saturday night. I know it's a preseason game, but like we just said, two different approaches. You know, one's running gases and doing push-ups when you make a mistake. The other guy just points out and says, listen, this is the way you got to do it. Um, we're going to see real early which which one of these might be the right approach. I think both approaches and even Salah's approach, I think it's better than Gaze. I think that's already guaranteed. Oh, there's no two ways about it. I mean, you know, they could have hired you and I, and people would have been excited <laughs> after coming off the gate. I mean, I see, you know, that, you know, I was talking to a friend, and she used to work for the Jets many, many years ago, and she brought up a good point that, you know, Sal has been kind of, kind of reeling the fan base's expectations in with some of his, like, quotes about players or, you know, where, where they're at. And I, I just think coming off the Gase era, I just think we're all just so excited. But, you know, realistically, you know, this is a two-year plan. I mean, you know, you have to keep that in mind. It's exciting to have a lot of good, you know, young players, speed at your position set, um, a lot of guys to look forward to and growing with. But you have to keep the expectations realistic. I mean, if they win six or seven games and a quarterback plays well, to me, that's a very successful season. I agree with that. Did you hear about Adam Gaze where he got his next coaching job? I believe it was at a high school. <laughs> Did he really? Yes. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, that's that's uh, that's pretty amazing. That that is that is amazing. But uh, you know, it's 
But, you know, I, nothing against the guy. It was just, I don't know how he, had, how he had success in Miami making the playoffs and he just bombed out here. I mean, I know, you know, the talent around him last year wasn't that great. But, I mean, he, he really was a bad coach, you know, <sighs> for the Jets. And it, it, it's, you know, but I, I've turned that page. I, I try not to think about it because <laughs> it was just two horrendous seasons. Oh, it, it, they were unwatchable at times, similar to what the Mets are turning into now. And I, that's why I'm so happy to talk about the Jets here tonight. It's a break from watching my Mets or even hearing about the Knicks news. It's been it's been rough, but the Knicks, I feel as though, have a bright future. And the Jets are hopefully slowly turning into a bright future here. I think they made some very great draft picks this year. I think Elijah Moore is a complete steal. If you watch this guy in camp, how fast he is. And I think this guy's an absolute steal in the draft. I agree. I think Elijah Moore has pro ball potential written all over. You know, he has to stay healthy, of course. And uh, but to be quite frank, I think he's the best player on the roster right mm-hmm. now as a rookie. I agree. You know, and you know, I mean, he has to do it in the games, practice at practice. You know, games are the real. But I, I don't think this guy's going to have any problem transitioning. You know, into a regular season game and, and being an impact player. And another guy to keep an eye on is Michael Carter, the mm-hmm. running back from North Carolina. Um, you know, at times, he looks like he could be a real game-breaker. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing him. And, you know, defensively, you know, a lot of these young corners, and you know, they drafted a couple of line safeties to be linebackers and linebackers to be safeties. And there's a lot of athleticism with these young players that Stahl is working with. And, you know, I, I kind of understand what he's doing now. They're fast. They're, they're interchangeable parts, and I think once they start learning the system and you know getting experience playing in a, in a real NFL game, um, I think we're gonna have something to work with. I agree with you on that. I think that they did draft some young, talented corners. I think Michael Carter out of Duke was one, and it's kind of funny that there's two yeah. Michael Carters on the team. And actually, if you watch some of the replays, Michael Carter from North Carolina actually outbeat him when he, he was running this play in college when they were playing against Duke. Oh, that, that's, yeah, I, I, I have seen that. It's, uh, <laughs> there, there's, a, there's, who, who else? Um, I'm not going to pronounce his name right. Uh, Nazardy, the kid from Florida State. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like he's going to take over that outside linebacker spot from Blake Cashman. Mm-hmm. I think uh, so. You know, yeah, I think the, in today we were getting a lot of run with the ones today. And I think, by the time they play the Packers, I, I think he's going to be the starting outside linebacker. I think so. And I think we can kiss Richard Sherman goodbye <laughs> if we knew the news. Yeah, they, they, yeah, yeah. well, yeah, that's unfortunate. But yeah. you know what? I, I don't need him. You know, they got Pinnock from Pittsburgh. You know, I, I don't know if he'll be a practice squad player or if he'll work his way on the roster. They got Eccles. Um, I, I, there's a, you know, I, I want to see what these kids could do in a real game because I, I, I do think that you know, the front seven, this is probably, you know, I look at John Abraham. Carl Lawson's been an absolute beast. We've yet to talk about him. Yes. I mean, this is the best age rusher that I've seen since John Abraham. And I look at that line, it was John Ellis and Abraham. I forget who was in the middle. I guess different, uh, different guys, Shane Burton comes to mind. But just, um, and then you go back to Martin, the Marty Lions group. I mean, this this defensive line has the potential to be, you know, 
that good. I mean, I think they're going to get, get to the quarterback. They're going to stop the run. And they're going to take pressure off the secondary because they're going to get they're going to hit the quarterback. Oh, I think they're going to make a huge impact on the field. They also added Vinny Curry in free agency, and they, you can't forget about yep. Quinn and Williams, of course, who had a big year last year. That's right, and then you know you know he wants to get a contract extension mm-hmm. next year, so you you know he's going to definitely be highly motivated to play. Uh, I think that foot's pretty much healed. I think the expectations of him to be ready for that. Joint practices uh, in Green Bay and in the Green Bay game. And, uh, you know, the safety position, you know, I didn't like the way to handle May, but it is what it is. But right now, between Joyner and May, that's a pretty good safety tandem. So I, I think all in all, uh, you know, it, it's a good group. I mean, it's a tough schedule. It's probably going to be a shaky start early on. They got a, a real hard schedule. But, you know, I think as the year goes on and these young players get experience, they're going to start putting up some wins, and I think they'll probably have a better second half of the season than first half. Do you see a resolution coming between the Jets and Marcus May? Because when we last spoke, I know that we thought that the contract extension would be handled by July, and it hasn't happened. I read in the papers that he may pull a page out of the Jamal Adams book because that's his good friend, and he went to Seattle. We all know that story as Jet fans. Do you think there's going to be some resolution where Marcus May and the Jets get a deal done? Well, it can't be done until after the calendar mm-hmm. year because the window's closed. But I think that ship has sailed. I hope I'm wrong. I like Marcus <laughs> May. He's a nice guy. He's a leader. But I, I think, I just think Joe Douglas doesn't value investing big money in the secondary. I think he, you know, however he spreads out his cap and allocates money for each position, I think he goes heavy on both sides of the line. You can't argue that. Um, you got your quarterback, you got your edge rusher, you got receivers, you got tackles. Well, how much really more could you invest in secondary? So I think uh, I think that's the way he kind of allocates his money, and it kind of fits Salah's system. Because look at San Francisco, you know, they, mm-hmm. I mean, they went they got ravaged by injuries last year, but he kept on going with second and third stringers and just rotating them in and out and. That defense didn't miss a beat last year in San Francisco. No, it, it didn't. We still have a question mark at the tight end position. I'm hearing that there's people calling in still on radio stations saying that we should give Chris Herndon a chance. Ryan Griffin could possibly be getting another chance here, and we can't forget about the addition in the offseason of Tyler Croft. Yeah, Croft's been, he, he's been up and down. I mean, I didn't like the signing. I, I didn't either. I agreed with you on Hunter Henry. That was that's something that they should oh, have handled it right mistake. away. But now we'll be yeah. facing them when we play New England. That'll be great, right? Of course, and you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully we can cover him. But um, <laughs> yeah, the tight end position is a little shaky right now. You know, from like I said, you still got another week and a half of camp pretty much left. Hurden really hasn't shown much more than what I've seen. I mean, really, nobody's extinguished themselves really. So. I guess Ryan Griffin's probably the most solid guy they got in that group right now. Mm. I guess we're going to have to roll with him. I hope he can catch some passes, unlike last year. Let's get back to that year when he was catching all the balls in the world from Sam Darnold. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know what happened. I mean, you know, they gave him an extension. You know, in the middle of the year, he mm-hmm. came on. Unfortunately, got hurt. But uh, to be quite honest with you, I, I really haven't seen. He hasn't stood out. Really, none of the tight ends have stood out in camp at all. You know, it just—it's just something I guess they're going to have to address next year. Mm-hmm. You know, but the good thing is, 
you know, it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, if, if LaFleur knows that he really can't get much production at his tight end, and you, you do have to use him, but you wonder if he'll run more like either four or five wide receiver sets and, you know, kind of get away from a tight end, you know, except for blocking. You know, maybe, maybe that's how he approaches it. I think Mims is going to have to make a big leap this year, too. I think Mims is in trouble. I know, you know, there's different views here, but I mean, to me right now, he's, I don't know, 56, maybe at best, because really in, in no particular order, you have Davis, you got Elijah Moore, Crowder, and you got Keenan Cole, and those are your top four, you know, however you want, you know, it doesn't matter one, two, four, those are your top four. Then at that fifth and sixth spot, man, you know, DJ Montgomery's look good. Braxton um, Berrios has looked good. Vincent Smith has looked good. And the one thing that they have going for them is that they play special teams and Vince doesn't. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if he's going to be slotted, you know, in that number, I, you know, I, 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 I just, I don't, I don't know. I just don't see a role. I, I really don't. If you can't play special teams and you're the fifth or sixth receiver, um, how you can, how are you going to contribute? I see your viewpoint. Uh, I really do with that. I think you're right. I think he's going to drop this year on the draft charts, but he's got a on the uh, charts for the the depth position more so. But I, I think that he's going to have to make a big leap if he can't produce. Then he's going to be off this team. It's it's really unfortunate because he had a high stock going into this team. Everyone thought that he was going to be the number one receiver, but it was not until this free agency when we picked up Corey Davis. And you were happy about that. How, how did you feel about Keelan Cole? Um, I, I I didn't realize he was as good as I as he's shown. Um, he's surprising me in camp, mm-hmm. and and that's why I put him in, in probably that fourth spot ahead of him. And he looks he has more reliable hands. I mean, he doesn't have the speed and the athletic size. I mean, not that he's small, but Mims is you know six three two fifteen with big hands. And you know he can make plays, but it's just he's he's been dropping balls. He doesn't seem to have the complete um, route running tree, uh, you know, established. Um, and and he don't play special teams. So, no. but there's politics involved. You know, he was a second round pick. It's gonna gonna be interesting to see what Douglas does because you know the players and the coaches they know what's going on. And, you know, if Douglas keeps Mims because he was a second-round pick and, you know, he really doesn't improve this next two weeks, and then they cut, you know, some other receiver who really deserves to make the team, you know, Douglas is going to lose some credibility, you know, from the coaches and players because they see what's going on. I I couldn't agree more with you on that. I think. I really do. And just thinking about it now, it's insane how much his stock has went below here from when we drafted him. But just thinking about this offensive line, they made some great additions in the offseason. I feel as though this line is one of the best in the NFL when healthy. It could be right up there. I mean, McGovern, I'm still not completely sold on him, but you know they, they are saying that he fits better in this outside zone blocking scheme. You've read about it. I mean, Barrett Tucker, you know, he's got some type of pectoral injury going on right now. Um, Morgan Moses was a great pickup. Morgan Moses was a, a no-brainer. I mean, yeah, let me tell you, when they line up and you see Moses on one side, he might be, I think he's taller than Beckton, to be honest with you. 
I mean, just like the, I call them the twin towers. <laughs> you got these two outside tackles, and then it, you know one Vera Tucker, you know, gets back, and you know Feeney's been filling in fine for him. So you know, except for the right guard spot, Ben Roten, you know, he, he's you know average at best. So it, it's a good group, but you know what's what's good about it is that they're getting a lot of reps together, which they didn't get last year. Mm-hmm. And I think they get they got to come together quicker than you know the line has you know over the previous years. And I think you are right. I think once once they get going, you know, they got to really try to establish the run and t- try to take pressure off of Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. And what? if that line could live up to the you know what we both think they can be, you know, it'll get a lot easier for Wilson. What are your expectations for this Saturday against the Giants? Do you think that we come out with the victory? Well, that's that's tough. You know, I haven't followed the Giants. Um, I, I, yeah, you know what? I'm always optimistic. I'm going to say yes. I think the Jets defense will, will, will play well enough to somehow make it easier for the offense four points and I think the Jets will pull out a win. Mm-hmm. Let's hope because this is the battle for the Snoopy Bowl trophy. <laughs> no, the Snoopy Bowl, you know, we don't but we don't want one we don't want any quarterbacks like Mark Sanchez got put in the fourth quarter oh. to get his shoulder wet. Thank you, Rex Ryan. <laughs> yeah, right, which changed the course of Jet history at that point. I but, think that uh, play has led us to where we are now, if you really think about it. Has. It has. Yeah. It has. Because you if you if you recall you know, Idzik was trying to force Geno Smith down Rex's throat. Mm-hmm. You know, Mark was struggling to get his career back on track. And, you know, it all came crashing down when Mark wrecked his shoulder in the fourth quarter. And <laughs> and you know how crazy that game got? Uh, because Rex and Coughlin, I, I, yeah, I was Coughlin at the time. Mm-hmm. They, they're going at each other like they're playing this like this is a real game. And it, it's in, late in the game. And the Giants, I forget it, they were in the red zone at some point. The clock didn't have too much time left on it. And instead of like going for the touchdown on fourth down and either you win or you lose a preseason game, Hoffman decides to kick a field goal and they go into overtime. And I'm, I'm sitting there with my I can't believe we're sitting here watching a preseason football game and this, this coach on the other sideline decides to kick a field goal to put it into overtime and play more. That just goes to show you the rivalry that even though they said it isn't a rivalry because we're not in the same division or conference, there is a rivalry. It really of is. Of course there is. There, there, there's no two ways about it. No, there's, there is. You, no, no, giant jet games, I don't care what's on the line. It always means something. Yeah, that play has really led to where we are now. The the rough years with uh, Geno Smith. Then we had the Fitzpatrick years. And then McCown came here. Hackenberg, Petty. All to where we're at now. I know. Well, I, I, I'm, I in, in my heart, and, and I guess I'm hoping, you know, I, I, I think we have the answer. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just going to take time. You know, I, I, I've watched him enough of practice. And, you know, I, I just see. He's coming along a little slower than I hope, but no fault of his own. I mean, he's gotten a lot thrown at him with no veteran leadership to help him. Um, you know, the, the nap situation, the tragedy, that that didn't help. And um, we're just going to have to, you know, go along for the ride and accept the ups and the downs. And, you know, I, I, I do believe 
November, December, he'll be playing better football than he'll be playing September, October. The main thing is to see progress made throughout the year. I don't think that we're going to be seeing the playoffs this year. I think we no, would, this will no. be a 12 years now, I believe, since we haven't made the playoffs last. But I just want to see progress. As long as there's progress, and then next year we can hopefully talk about playoffs. But how ironic is it that in the first week we play against Sam Darnold and the Panthers in Carolina? <laughs> I know. It's like, you know, you can make a movie out of it, yeah. right? You know, it, it, it's, it's really unbelievable. Um, you know, as long as everything stays status quo, you know, my wife and I are going down there, we're going to see the game. and um, it, It's going to be, imagine the build-up that week to that game. And, and, and you know, it, it's going to be amazing if the Panthers win, and, you know, if Sam Mount plays that. <clears throat> you know, on sports radio, you're going to get all these Donald supporters. <laughs> oh, well, I, t- I told you, I told you, we should have kept them and build around them. You know, we got a bus, we shouldn't have drafted both of them. You know, I mean, I could hear the calls now. So, uh, <laughs> you know, and, but, you know, it, it's, you got to look at the big picture. And I think Salah and Douglas are on the same page. I think they're really putting together a good team. But, it's, you know, it's just going to take time. Mm-hmm. This will be the Darnold revenge game, and I I couldn't agree with you more on the co- the callers in the radio station. I just don't get all the Darnold support and the media. And they're really brainwashed by this guy because they did not give him the flack when he was struggling like Zach Wilson is right now. They did not. They, yeah. they it was a love fest with him all the time, and even like when you saw during the draft when they were about to draft Zach Wilson, Mel Kiper, and all these guys. Oh, I can't believe that they were in disbelief that the Jets even got rid of Sam. That's right. Well, Daniel Jeremiah, who I, I really, um, I respect, you know, what he does. And, you know, he was sold on Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. And, you know, listen, you know, I go what my eyes see, and then I listen to a professional like him. And, you know, that's what, you know, brought me into it. You know, I saw him play a couple of college games. I was very impressed. And then, you know, the whole process started with the draft and, you know, all the workouts, and, um, you know, it led to this. I'm, I'm thrilled to have him. It's just, uh, you know, it's just the game needs to slow down for him. Mm-hmm. And and once it slows down, then I think he'll be fine. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's going to take it's going to take a while, but I think we're going to get there. And I think that we shouldn't rush him at all because then if you rush him, then you get incidents like Geno Smith and these quarterbacks that come in as rookies and they don't pan out. you got to give them time and not put the pressure on his head, especially from the media. The media – really is a disservice to these New York quarterbacks, especially from the Jets. Oh, of course they are. And like I said, I, I, I may be repeating myself, but, you know, if it was me, I would have had a veteran quarterback, mm-hmm. you know, whoever it might be, that, you know what, if the kid's having a rough summer, you know, he doesn't have to start week one. No, I know that's old school thinking, you know, you get picked first or second or third in the draft, you know, pretty much in today's NFL, you start right away, but, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, you know, Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Mahomes all sat there first year. They did. So so if Zach Wilson had to sit four or six weeks this year, it wasn't really going to be that much of a big deal. But, you know, the Jets took a different approach, and let's just hope uh, that, he, you know, the light comes on quicker than, uh, than we think. Mm-hmm. It, there were rumors, if you think about it, that they were going to bring in Nick Foles possibly, I was reading, but that never happened. Yeah, you know what? There was a lot of chatter about that. You know, I was hearing it. You know, I was buying into it. But you would think it. But by this, 
at this point, you think it would have been done already mm-hmm. if it were going to happen? I mean, he, I mean, if you listen, maybe Douglas is playing a great game of poker and he's going to shock us all and <laughs> bring in some veteran. But I just, I don't see what good it's going to do at this point because, no. you know, how are you going to learn a playbook and get on the same page with everybody else? See, my biggest concern is that, let's say Zach struggles the first month. Mm-hmm. And it gets to a point where, okay, you know what? It'd be best for this kid to sit a couple of weeks. There's nobody there to put in. No. See, if you remember Sam's first year, now he he hurt his foot in the middle of the year in Miami. He had a legitimate injury. But if he had to play, he was able to play the following week. Mm-hmm. But they used that as an excuse for him to sit because he was struggling. That's right. But they had Zach McCown to go in there and kind of hold the fourth down for two or three weeks. And then when Sam came back, he played a lot better. He did. But they don't have, they don't have, the Jets don't have that luxury right now. You can't put Zach Wilson on the bench and tell him to learn from Mike White, who's the backup quarterback right now. <laughs> I mean, Zach Johnson's really not the backup quarterback. No. So, you know, and James Morgan, you know. I guess he'll be on the practice squad at best, I would think. Mm-hmm. And, and you bring up that year. This was actually the, the year where we thought maybe the, I, this was his rookie season, actually, because McCown was serving as his mentor. That's right. That's right. That's right. That was Sam's rookie year. Mm-hmm. And he did, and to his credit, when he came back, you know, after, you know, I guess after the foot supposedly was healed, and more importantly, his head was straight, he came back and he finished off at the end of the year. He did. And, you know, and, you know, we thought we had something, but it just never panned out. And like I said, you know, the Jets, they just don't have that this year. So it's going to be sink or swim with uh, Zach. And like I said, just hopefully he's going to learn from his mistakes. He's going to have his ups and downs. And slowly as the season goes on, you know, he's just going to get more and more comfortable playing in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm, I'm looking forward to the upcoming games. Football is back, and hopefully the Jets are watchable this season. I, I can't wait to see Zach Wilson progress. But how are you otherwise, Ira? How is everything with the family, everything? And I know everything with COVID out here is still going crazy. It's going away. You, still, you have the Delta variant still out here that's apparently blowing up everywhere still. I know. It's kind of scary. I mean, thank God everybody on my side of the family, everybody's good, everybody's healthy, and we're very fortunate. But you still have to take your precautions, and mm-hmm. um, you know people got to do the right thing. And uh, it's kind of, you know, I was at the stadium for the uh, scrimmage Saturday night, and you know it was great to be back there. It was also weird, you know, about forty thousand people. But this Saturday night is going to be really strange when it, because I think they're going to get forty to fifty thousand people at that game. I think so. And and you know, you know, once again. What I, you know, I know a lot of people will disagree with me, but I think what what's going to happen here, I think by opening week, week one, um, I think, you know, at least at MetLife, I, I have a feeling you're going to have to show either you're vaccinated or a negative test. And it wouldn't shock me if they mandate to wear masks, mm-hmm. you know, unless, unless the numbers go down over the next two weeks. It's, it's getting scary out here again. If you look at the numbers, it's, it's just right back where we were last year with the cases. If you look around the country, it's insane how much this is blown up again. I know, I know. Well, like I said, I, I don't want to get into it, but you know, got to get vaccinated, man. Yeah, I, I agree. Got to get rid of this thing. You know, it's, 
You know, it's the thing to do. I, I, I respect people's opinions, why they don't want to, but I think it's the stage of the game. The numbers and the science don't lie, and I think, uh, you know, I think that's what you have to judge by. Mm-hmm. If you want to get back to normal life where we don't have to wear a mask and not worry anymore, I think it's best that we get vaccinated. It's it's going to come to it because if you don't get vaccinated, it's going to start mutating even more, and you're going to see all these variants, and we're going to be dealing with these things for various years to come, and I'd like to put an end to this at the end of this year. <laughs> well, I would like to put an end to it a lot sooner than that. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, you know, it's interesting, you know, the Jets, you know, they're supposed to play Atlanta in London. Mm-hmm. I, I, man, man, oh man, I, I'll be stunned if that game takes place in London. I just, I just don't, I don't see it. There may not be London games this year. That's the thing too. I, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think the Dolphins and the Jaguars are going to be playing in, in, in London also. And, and how ridiculous was the NFL? I mean, you know, it's one thing, okay, you send in the Jets and, and, and Atlanta over there. You know, maybe you want to send, send the Packers and, and the Eagles. But you, you take two teams that basically, the, I think it's a Jaguar home game. Mm-hmm. The Dolphins could make a day trip. They could just get on a bus and drive three hours and go up there and play the Jaguars and return. They but could have. Yeah. to play the game. <laughs> uh, it's... These are crazy times, and we just got to take it day by day and, and just it, make sure know, that we stay safe. That's it. Stay safe. Be grateful for what you have and you respect other people. And, you know, hopefully uh, the next time we talk, uh, maybe Zach Wilson, the light will be on a little better, and maybe the numbers will be down. And looking forward to an exciting deck season. I am too. Ira, I want to thank you for calling into the show. You're always welcome. I'm sure we'll be talking very soon, and maybe after the first week we'll have you call in again so we can go over the results, and then, and then from there we'll keep on going. That sounds great. Look forward to it, and stay healthy, man. Yes, Ira. Take care. Enjoy the rest of your night, all right? And go Jets. Go Jets. You yeah. got it.